Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Oh, man. Good morning, Takeover Church. How are we doing? That was not an adequate noise for the worship experience that we just had. I said, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, we will no longer allow Scott to just do what he wants freely. Uh, thank you so much, Scott, to, in my um, defense as well. Adrian, I have no idea that Pastor Appreciation was this, this thing either. But, um, we're really grateful for our team and our incredible leadership that uh, just goes above and beyond the call of duty. They really do. They prepare all throughout the week for these you know, two hours that take place on Sunday. And they're, they're owed so much more than I can give them at this moment. But, man, God's got big things for all of you guys. And it's an honor and privilege to do this this race alongside you. Thank you. Can you guys make some noise for our incredible team here, especially our AV team in the Okay, 7 a.m. They showed up to make things happen because last week, bad things happened. Things quit working on us halfway through practice. And um, though we did not figure it out, the Holy Spirit has shown up and showed out. And that was an incredible time of worship. Amen. So audio, visual, you guys are the best. Thank you for rolling with it. Couldn't thank you enough. Well, y'all ready for the Word of God this morning? Fantastic, man. I just came today with so much heartache. For our nation and for churches and for people, and I'm not even, I'm not talking like Amen. Yeah, miss me with all that stuff. We want to see kingdom, culture, rule, and reign in this place. Amen. Amen. So what we want to see is I just want to see Jesus come, and I need a lot of faith to build in this house this morning. Can we build some faith in this house this morning? Man, I am ready to go. I want more Jesus whole entire message series is about. I want some Christians in this room to leave this room today knowing and believing and acting like and praying like they know they are seated at the right hand of the Father Amen. with Jesus in heaven already. Amen. Amen. Don't know what I'm talking about. Try and listen to the podcast from last week, even though it's sketch because there was a demon in every piece of technology last week. But it's okay. If you were here, you know. And uh, the Lord showed up in this yeah. place. And I'm ready to preach it like I feel. Y'all ready? Come on, somebody. We need some faith in this place. I want this church to grow. I want to see heaven be bigger. I want to see hell be smaller. I want to have our own building so that we can have it open all the time. I want prayer rooms and healing rooms. And I want God to do crazy things in Grand Rapids. Amen. So Roots Above and Branches Below is the title of this series. And that's what it's all about. Y'all ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. So you got notes out? Yeah. Awesome. Roots above, breaks below. Week two, title of the message is, my throat was already dry, loosed to bind, bound to loose. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say it 16 more times. Don't yeah. worry, friend. Loosed to bind and bound to loose. Right. Yeah. One more time. Say for people in the back. Loose to bind and bound to loose. Oh, that's good. That's good. Took them three times, but it's good. Sounding pretty deep there, man. Y'all ready for the Bible? Yes, sir. Fantastic. We're coming out of Matthew 16, 13 through 20. All right. It's going to be up on the sky if you don't have one. 
coming out of the ESV today, you can read any translation you want to, as long as it's not the New King James Version. Um, just kidding, Thou shalt not take me seriously sometimes. Okay. Now when Jesus came into the district of Circea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And Jesus said back to them, but who do you, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but Father, who is it in heaven, has. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then Jesus randomly in verse 20 says that he strictly charged them, the disciples, to tell no one that he was the Christ. I say randomly, but I honestly believe God had a reason for that scripture, so I left it in here this week. We're not going to really focus in on it, but how many of you know sometimes when God is trying to grow something in you, he will tuck you away for a season, so you don't need to run and self-promote and tell everybody how great you are just to earn respect. Let God do the revealing like he did with Jesus. Amen? Yes, sir. Just thought maybe somebody needed to hear that today. We're going to pray, and we're going to see what God will do. Sound good? Father God, we ask right now that you would just come. That you would do what only you can do in this place. God, I feel repetitive. I feel like every single week we pray the same prayer before we go into a message, God. And you know what? I think it's working, Father. I ask that you would just send your Holy Spirit in this room right now. We ask that you would just give us a greater portion of yourself, a greater revelation for who you are and who we are to be towards you, God. Lord, we're not interested. We're not interested in this divided church that we see across the United States of America. God, he went to the cross to unite all of us at the foot of that cross because of Jesus. So right now, God, I pray and I plead the blood of Jesus over the right and the left. I plead the blood of Jesus over the blue and the red. I plead the blood of Jesus, the slain lamb before the foundation of the earth over the donkeys and the elephants, God. This morning ain't about that. It's about what you want to do in your people, the freedom you want them to have. And how we're to run things through the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God in this nation. In Jesus, my name of faithful church said. Amen. Amen. So we're in a series right now. Look, I come all over here now. This is cool. What's up? We're in a series right now called Roots Above and Branches Below. This whole entire thing is the fact that last week we saw Paul was telling the church that he was ministering to in Ephesus in the book of Ephesians that you are already, this is the whole point of the series, you right now, because our God is incredible, when he sent Jesus to the cross and you got the Holy Spirit, you are already seated. There is a portion of you, of your reality, that is already seated next to Jesus in heavenly places. That's where your power comes from. That's why he'll never leave you nor forsake you, because he's already with you in every way possible. This is what it means to be a Christian. The posture of a Christian is one who has their roots above and their branches below. Amen? So what does it have to do with bound to loose and loose to bind? Loose to bind and bound. 
to lose whichever one it is we'll get to. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. It's going to be good. So in this moment, we see Jesus. Who's just, can I just say, <laughs> after the week, after this week, I don't care how you feel, left, right, wherever. Who's just grateful for Jesus? Amen. Who's just grateful for Jesus? Amen. Politicians can bicker and they can fight, but we got a Prince of Peace in the middle of it. Oh. Yeah, thank God. Oh. But here we see Jesus, that Prince of Peace, and he's awesome. I love Jesus because here in this moment, he's with his disciples, he's with his boys. And I love, my, my favorite scriptures, and I love the whole Bible, so you don't get to pick and choose, it's not a buffet, it's the Bible, hello. But my favorite time in the scripture is when I just get to feel like I'm one of the boys. When I get to read through the Gospels and just feel like, man, I just feel what it's like to be with Jesus and these guys in this moment. I get to feel the confusion for a moment when I'm like, why would Jesus make that decision? Because those people were terrible and heretical and they just needed to be, but then I saw the grace of God afterwards, just like the boys did. And it's just amazing. So I love any time that we just get to go into the Gospels and see Jesus interact with his disciples. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And so in this moment, here's Jesus. They're, they're riding to Philippi. Philippi, obviously, the book of Philippians, the church that uh, Paul would start later on there, and he would be the apostle, like the pastor of the pastors there, and he's awesome. And so here we are. We're in Philippi. Jesus and his boys were all of his disciples. And how many of you know where Jesus goes, a crowd is sure to follow? Yep. Yep. That's how I know we're going to grow this church, because Jesus is in this place. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So here we see Jesus, he rolls up and the crowd begins to swarm and he's with his disciples and, and I love this because it's not like Jesus doesn't know. It's not like he's walking through a crowd and doesn't like hear them. You know, hear people speculating. That's Jesus. You know, like he sees them, he hears them, he can see the bickering and the talking and the whispering and all these things. And, and yet Jesus still in the midst of a crowd. They just arrived. People are probably wanting miracles. They want to see him do crazy things. And here's Jesus with his boys in this moment. And I love that because it's just another example of how he just leaves the, the lot of them for the one. Amen. He leaves the 99 yeah. for the one. He's just with his boys. There's all these people around. He could be feeding. He could be ministering to. He could be doing all these things. And yet, in this moment, we see him ask a very, very important question. And a question that I believe God is still asking the church. 2,000 plus years later. And he looks at Peter and he goes, Peter, who do these people say I am? Who's that guy? Who's that merchant say that I am? Who's that fisherman say that I am? Who's that lady who clearly doesn't know her worth and I'm going to talk to her later at that well, but who does she say that I am? And Peter goes, wow. You know, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're the prophet Jeremiah. Some say you're Elijah back. And some say you're just one of the other prophets. And it's right there as, as Peter is listing off a litany. It's a good word, right? Litany, I like that word. Or bevy. Bevy's a good word, too. But listing off a litany of people who have passed on, men who were chosen by God to do great things to do miracles, signs, and wonders, but they were still men, they were still flawed, they were still sinful, they were still broken. And so Jesus, he pumps the brakes right in the middle of the chat, and he asks Peter, all right, who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am? And 
Peter says one of the most incredible statements in all of Scripture, and it's something that I hope and I pray, and I'm going to believe today that we will leave here tattooed on our soul this morning, that we will be so fully convinced and fully persuaded of what this next statement is from Peter, that this would be our default position. If anybody was to ask you, who do you think Jesus is? Who do you think can heal you? Where do you think your health can come from? Where do you think you're going to get your provision from? Who do you think can restore your marriage? Whatever the question may be. I pray this becomes our default, no longer our new nature, but just our nature. Amen. And Peter, oh Peter, he don't get it right a lot. Which is me. But when he does, that's what I And he says, You are the Christ. You are the Son of God. You are the Christ. And you are the Son of God. You are the Christ, and you are the Son of God. You are not a great man. You are not a prophet. You are not a king. You are not any of these things right now. You came to be Christ. You are the Son of God. And I love this part, too, because this is, this is so Huge. If we are going to be Christians with a posture where our roots run above to the heavenly realms, but our branches ex extend down here to the lowest of the low and the meekest of the meek and the poorest of the poorest and those furthest and furthest from God. If this is who we are going to be in Grand Rapids, then this has got to be our confession because what Jesus says next is absolutely incredible. But what Jesus says next can only follow that answer. You see, Peter, Peter got a revelation. Peter got an understanding. Because Jesus says next to him, you did not receive this from man. You did not receive this from Caesar. You did not receive this from some politician. You didn't receive this from some worldly understanding. You didn't receive this from some Twitter hashtag. You didn't receive this because Matt screams into a microphone. You didn't receive this from some preacher. You didn't receive this from anybody in the flesh. This revelation was revealed to you by God in heaven. Friends, can I encourage you this morning? Our revelation has got to be one from God in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Our revelation of who Jesus is cannot be simply on what Matt says for 50 minutes on a Sunday. It cannot be based on what, what we sing here in the morning. It cannot be based on what, what devotional you are doing. It cannot be based on what podcast you are subscribed to. It cannot be based on your well-meaning church camp experience when you were 13. Your revelation of Jesus has got to come from heaven. You see, in this moment, Jesus says to Peter, you are Peter. You are Peter. Do you want to know why Jesus says that? Because once you know who he is, you will know who you are. Yeah. He will tell you who you are when you know who he is. He will acknowledge you. He says, blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah. That was who he used to be. That is where he used to come from. His father was Bar Jonah. This is what this means. And he goes, you are Peter. You know who I am. Now know who you are. But that's not the point of that portion of Scripture. What he says next in this moment is even more crazy. So many Christians, we read this and we kind of get so backwards because we think when we read this because of the words in Hebrew that Peter and when Jesus says, upon this rock, 
in the same work. No, they're close. They're close. Peter does mean rock, which is why I choose to believe that's probably why Jesus decided to use this, uh, not necessarily analogy, but this wording, if you will. He knew exactly what he's doing. He's God after all. But he says, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He says, Peter, upon this rock, the rock isn't necessarily Peter. The rock is whoever has the revelation from heaven of who Jesus says he is. Some of us this morning, we have been fighting battles based off bad beliefs. We have been fighting battles off of bad beliefs. We need this revelation from heaven. It is not what I say that is going to stop hell from prevailing against you. It's a revelation from heaven. So many of us. Man, we are living beat down to beat down. Because we don't have a revelation of who, of who heaven says Jesus is. Instead, we are living off a secondhand revelation of who somebody else said Jesus is. Right? We're turning on the news and we're seeing what some Christian on TV says about who Jesus is. And that's all good about. There's a lot of, obviously, I'm not talking trash about like the church or pastors or preachers or anybody like that. What I'm telling you is that right now there's a lot of misinformation about who Jesus is. Is he for this? Is he for that? It's both and with him. And the only way you're going to know that is if you see from a heavenly perspective, if you decide to allow yourself to get this revelation. Jesus is not this guy who's just for the poor and not for the rich. No, it's both and. He's not just for the successful, but the people still going through the struggle. It's both and. It's who he is. It is only in this moment when we begin to get this heavenly understanding, this resurrected theology, that we can begin to understand who he is. We need to catch what heaven says about Jesus, yeah. not what I say about Jesus. Yeah. You see, in this moment, Jesus says, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. He doesn't mean his institution. He doesn't mean his 501c3 certification building. He doesn't mean the takeover church with a cool Instagram account. No, Jesus says, upon this revelation, you can begin to allow heaven to decide what you believe about Jesus. When you can allow heaven to decide what you will confess about who Jesus is, then and only then can I build a church within you that you can be a part of, that you are purposed in a bride, a body, an individual, the yous and the me's. It's only then when you get this perspective from heaven that I can build you in such a way that not even hell can stand against you. Some of us, some of us, we have been battling things that God, that God has told us you don't have to battle, you just have to change your belief. You see, our beliefs, our root system, what we believe, where we are planted, our beliefs are everything in this game. Everything in the succession of being a Christian in 2020. Your belief system, where your roots run, will determine the type of victory you will experience here and now. Amen? Right now, we've got to take a look. We've got to look at our inventory. We've got to go, what do I really believe about Jesus?
What do I really believe about him? Is he Jehovah Roth, the Lord, my healer? Or is he just a really good prophet? Is he really Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner? When I go to war for my children, I go to war for my marriage. Is he literally the Lord, my banner? Or is he just a reincarnation of John the Baptist? Who is he? Is he Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider? When the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, just ransack my life and salvation. Is he just a really good guy who did a lot of really cool things that God used? Are we still waiting on the Messiah? Or is he that Christ? Come on, somebody. Right now, we live in a time and a place where everybody is vying and trying to get your attention away from Jesus. And if they can't get your attention off of Jesus, they can get it on politics, they can get it on the division, they can get it on whatever else is going on right now. If they can take your attention off of Jesus... Well, then they got you distracted, and if you're distracted, then you're dead in your tracks. But maybe even worse, maybe even worse than just being distracted and divided and dead is when the enemy, powers of darkness, other people, heck, there's even preachers that would try to tell you you've got a limited Christ. Because when you're convinced that you have a limited Christ, it will limit your confession. Yeah. When you're convinced that you have a limited Christ, it will limit your confession. And when it limits your confession, it can limit your ministry. It can limit your belief system. It can limit what you are able to receive from heaven. And by preaching to anybody this morning, your confession determines your possession. But what determines your confession this morning is your belief. Some of us, we have not laid claim to what Christ went to the cross for yet. Because our confessions are determined by our wrong belief systems. Confession always begets possession. But what determines your confession is what you have already put on the inside of you. What you have already put on the inside of you. The reason we got to be a people that are going to declare, no matter the circumstances, highs, lows, mountaintops, valleys, wherever I am, if we are going to be those kind of people, we have got to make the decision. We don't walk away from this. This is a covenant, okay? When Jesus went to the cross, he did a covenant with us. That's, there's, whenever there's a covenant made, there's always blood shed, okay? And when this covenant with God, between God and man, was made, this covenant was made to bring your confession to fruition, to have power, to have manifestation, to be able to do these things in heaven on earth. It's a little heavy, but we've got to talk about it. Christ made that uh, Christ made that commitment to you. Christ made that covenant with you so that you can believe right, so you can receive well. Yeah. So you can believe right, so that you can receive well. Yeah. Some of us, we're going, where is this? Where is that? I'm just not seeing him. Okay, we're going into 2021. This year is almost done. We had a pandemic and a crazy election. There's all this stuff going on. And I have this on top of my plate. I have this on top of my plate. My anxiety's already right over here. And I just need God to show up in something. And the reason we haven't laid claim to that peace, the reason we haven't thrown fear out, 
the reason we are still subjected and into slavery to things that God says you don't have to be subject to and you don't have to be a slave to any longer is because our belief systems are still rooted in the things below instead of in the things above. Jesus says it's upon this revelation. Get it. Get it from heaven. Don't get it from Matt. Don't get it from TVN. Don't get it from Christian radio. you got to get this from heaven itself. Get this on the inside of you. I am who I say I am. Yeah. And because I say who I am, I say who you are. Right. Some of us want to be able to do more for God. We want to do more with God. Well, friends, if you want to do more for God, you want to do more with God, then you've got to start to believe more about God. Yes. Yeah. Let's go home. Right? If you want to do more with God, if you want to be more for God, if you want to see Him do crazy, radical things for your life, then you actually have to start believing more about God. There are so many people that would have you buy into whack, bad theology. Oh, gifts of the Spirit, they died with the last apostle. They're still apostles today. They're still apostles today. There's still people who oversee churches. There's still people who are called to pastor pastors. There's still these things, but we would have you believe some whack theology that healing died with Paul, that intercessory prayer, deliverance, all of these things. They no longer exist. That we're just here as sheep ready to be prayed on, waiting for Jesus to come back. And I'm sorry, that's just not in the Bible. Come on, man. And that's just not in this room. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Miss me with that. Yeah. No wonder so many of us live powerless lives. If that's our root system. Mm -hmm. If that's where we're drawing nutrients from. If that's the source we're going to, to for truth in our lives. God's not in the business of beauty for ashes. He just waits for us all to burn this place down until he comes back. No. I refuse to accept that. That's not who our God says he is. He still brings beauty from ashes. He's still alive and active, sharpening a double-edged sword, ready to pierced between bone and marrow that means setting you and I free. Yeah. This is who he is. Our confession will always come before our possession. Some of us, we are waiting to possess the things of the kingdom of God, but we got some jacked up beliefs as to why isn't he restoring my marriage? I don't know. Do you believe that he can? Right. Do you believe let no man separate, including yourself, what God brought together? What is it that you believe about God? Yeah. You want more of God? You've got to up your belief in God. Yeah. I appreciate anybody this morning. Yeah. sounds like try harder, do better, strive more. No, 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 no. What you believe will determine how you behave every time. Yep. So if you believe God is the God of fasting and getting your body under control so you can hear better from the Spirit, if you believe that, then guess what? You're going to do that. Yep. If you believe that He's a God who's not far off but we can approach the, bold, the throne boldly, as it says in Hebrews, then you're going to pray, aren't you? Yep. 
If you believe, he's a God that says, dude, you can cast this mountain into the sea. You're going to pray. You're going to believe for mighty things. You're not going to live a timid, shy life in a relationship with God where you're just all like timid and, and, and quirky around him. No, you're going to be bold in your relationship with God. Honoring his position as God, absolutely, but also honoring the position he placed you in seated next to Jesus. Yes. Come on. We're not interested in being a powerless church. We don't have a powerless Christ. That's right. So what Jesus says next is absolutely incredible. If, if this isn't, if this isn't already, if this isn't already the best news that we've ever received, I think today we need to start asking ourselves, what was I born for? Yeah. What was I born for? What was I born for? Was I born to just be subject to chains? Was I born to have a mind and a soul and a heart and eventually get the Holy Spirit just to be subjected to this meat bag I walk around in? Was I? Was I born for this body just to do whatever it wants whenever it feels like it and I just have to go along with it? Am I just transient in this brain in the back of this Uber that's going nuts called Matt McClure's body that's just going to take me wherever it pleases? Or was I born for more than this? Were you born for more than this? Were you placed on this earth simply to be subject to your feelings, your anxiety, your worry, the things that would have you chained up for the rest of your life? Were you born to be subject to sickness? Were you born to be subject to a poverty mentality? Were you born to be a victim? I think it's a question we have to begin answering ourselves because what Jesus says next shall light us up. So he tells Peter, it's on this revelation of who heaven says I am. You didn't learn this from no man. You learned this from heaven. Because at this point, Jesus didn't say it. Peter saw Jesus do things that every other prophet who came before him had done. This happens to be that at this point, Jesus was knocking down all the prophecies about who the Son of Man would have to be. And you're kind of left to the only conclusion of, well, God says this is who you're going to be, so it looks like you're well on your way. But Peter, everybody else saw this. But he had a revelation, he had a rock that Jesus says, I will build my church in the gates of hell. I will build this life. I will build you. I will build your marriage. I will build the house of God. I will build my body and I will build up my bride. And no demon in hell can overthrow you, can prevail against yeah, you, yeah. or should be able to swindle you out of your destiny. Yeah, amen. And Jesus, he takes it one step further. <laughs> I love God. He always turned up. He is not about the play play with this thing. He's like, I'm not going to make it so I'm just far off in a temple anymore. Okay? That was great. And we had a reason for the way we did things. But right now I'm here. I'm in the flesh. And it's better that I go because you are going to do so much more than I ever had. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. The advocate, the friend is going to come. He's going to fill you. And you are going to run this thing wild for the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus, he says this. 
He's outstanding. Not only will I build my church, not only will I build your life, Josh, not only will I build your life, Deanna, not only will I build your life, Caitlin, not only will I build your life, Sean, not only will I build your life, hell won't prevail against it if you get this revelation from heaven. You know what? Just like a good, good father, I'm going to throw some keys your way. I'm going to throw some keys your way. Except you don't get a Ferrari when you turn 16. You get access to the entire kingdom of heaven on your rebirth day. Amen. 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 Jesus, he goes, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And every Christian in the place says, I got the keys, keys, keys. I got the keys, keys, keys. And we are just stoked. Does anybody in here want the keys to the kingdom of heaven? I wish DJ Khaled was here because he'd make a lot more noise than that. Does anybody want the keys to the kingdom of heaven? chapters on your life that you'll be able to close the door on because you have those keys. There is restoration to your sexuality because you have those keys. There is restoration available to your marriage because you have those keys. There is greater insight into what heaven is and is supposed to be here on earth because you have those keys. When God said, Jesus said, I will make these keys available to you. They weren't here to sit idly on your carabiner, on your waist. No, they were there to be used. But so many of us, we are living lives just defeated when God's saying, dude, the, the depression can cease, but open the door. The confusion can go, but open the door. The hate inside your heart, the murder that has happened, it can be raptured from you right now. You've got the keys to that door. Are you willing to open it? Behind those doors is forgiveness, of course. 
But when you believe Jesus and who he says he is, it's easy to forgive your neighbor. Yeah. It's easy to forgive the person you hate and have murder towards. When you're sitting next to Jesus, when he is on the throne at the right hand of God, it is easy to open that door to forgiveness. Yeah. You have got the keys, and I need some Christians to believe that, because you've got some neighbors that need you to believe that. Yeah. There is a nation and a city divided against itself that needs you to believe that you've got the keys. You've got the keys to open the door to heaven all throughout Grand Rapids, everywhere you go, everywhere you find yourself, every threshold your feet pass over, you can open a new door to have kingdom of heaven reign supreme in that place. Yeah. You also got keys to lock. So while you may have keys to open the kingdom of heaven to any and every situation, you also have keys that can take prisoner places of darkness. That can take prisoner spirits of darkness. That can take prisoner things that are not found in heavenly realms. You have got some keys that not only open the door for heaven to rule and reign over your life, in your body, in your marriage, everything in your mental, all of it. But you got those same keys that can imprison anything in you that's so far from God. You got keys on the inside of you available to you. You know what? I reject that in Jesus' name. They can say that about me, but you know what? I'm putting the lock on that. No, I reject that in Jesus' name. I know my spouse and I just got into it. I know he stepped out. But you know what? I reject that root of bitterness growing in me. In Jesus' name, I'm going to lock the door on that. Amen. I'm going to uproot that. My roots are going to go far into heaven so far that my husband, who stepped out, who didn't think I was worth it, is going to recognize from heaven on the best things that ever happened to him on this earth. Yeah, that's right. My roots are going to run above and not below. I'm not going to be rooted in bitterness. I put the lock on that. I'm not going to be rooted in pornography. I put the lock on that. I'm not going to be rooted in malice and hatred in the time of division in our country. I put the lock on that. Yes, yeah. good. See those keys. Those keys are available to you for one purpose and one purpose alone. God's highest concern in heaven is not your earthly success. However, earthly success is found in heaven and places. It's not the main priority, but it is a part of it. These keys to the kingdom of God exist for one reason and one reason alone. So you can be loosed to bind and bound to loose. Jesus in this next statement takes it up another notch. Just when you thought you were at six feet, there's a whole other level to this bad boy. He says, you can bind here and now what is already bound in heaven. And you can loose here and now what is already loosed in heaven. So many of us, we are living lives where we feel like we were born to lose. Can I tell you, you're not born to lose this morning. You are bound to lose. Amen? Amen. 
come on somebody, we are loose to bind in this place. What does that even mean? It means that you right now, at this very point in time, I, this is not verbally, this is not later, when you have your life better together, when your marriage is right, when all these things are good, when you don't watch porn no more. No, right now as a Jesus follower, you are loosed to bind here on earth. You are bound to loose here and now. There's a difference between the two, and I'm going to break that down. But you are bound to loose right now. Right now, you, are, you exist in such a unique place where you may feel like you have no power because you're not in a position that looks like it would give you power because you don't have a title that sounds like it would give you power. You have all the power on the inside of you. you got more power in this room than there is in the entire White House right now, yeah. which you don't understand. You were bound to lose. You were bound to lose. God didn't make you born to lose. When he went to the cross with Jesus Christ, what he was doing in that moment, he was letting you loose. You were chained to sin, but now you were let loose to live. Amen. You were chained to death, but now you were let loose to live. You are now in a place where you are bound to lose. The chief concern, your destiny, all these things that you were made to do, you are bound to loose. Loose what? Loose heaven in every situation. But what does that mean, Matt? What does loose mean? It means to let loose. It means to let loose. You were made to let loose, just like you would let a dog off its leash when an intruder comes in your home. You were bound, you were let loose by God, amen? So you can let loose heaven on any intruder in your life. You are not powerless, you are not defeated. In fact, Jesus himself has proclaimed in this moment the same thing he said to Peter is the same thing he says to every Christian, every church member, every bride member. Every single one of you, if you will get this revelation from heaven, you will be bound to lose. Bound to lose heaven in its place. Bound to lose the power of God all over your lives. Bound to lose heaven in your body when it's sick. Bound to lose heaven in other people's body when it's sick. Bound to lose heaven in a marriage that looks broken. Bound to lose heaven in a brain that doesn't function correctly. Bound to lose heaven in hospitals. Bound to lose in the most desolate and dry valleys and deserts that we ever find ourselves in. You were bound to lose heaven in that moment. Jesus, when he went to the cross, Man, it wasn't to bring you into some sort of other slavery where he took all your foot away. No, no, he took the chains off you and said, I'm letting you loose. I'm letting Adrian loose over hell. I'm letting CJ let loose over the demonic. I'm letting DJ and Cena let loose over past and redemption. Come on, somebody. You're bound to lose. We all want to say, let heaven invade this place. And God's saying, I've already had. You've got the keys to open up the door. Come and invade this place. Come and invade my workspace. I got, I got issues up the wazoo at this place and with this direction. Every time I turn, I feel like I am just born to lose. And I believe the Holy Spirit just wants to prophetically declare over every single one of you. You're not born to lose. You're bound to lose. You are bound. By your relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to lose heaven here and now. Yeah, I'm not preaching yeah, to anybody yeah, this morning. Yeah, yeah. I believe there's just a spirit of let loose in this room. I believe God wants you to let heaven 
loose yeah. in your life, in your bodies, in your mind, in your tongue, in your speech, in your worship. Let heaven loose. This is the chief concern of heaven. When you let heaven loose in your workplace, you're going to find earthly success. Let heaven loose. But what if I told you on the other side of that that you are loose to bind? What if I told you on the other side of that on the hooping and the hollering that you were loosed, you were let off your leash, God opened up the door for you to be free so that you could just bind Grand Rapids. Yeah. Yeah. So that you could bind your workplace. Yes. Yes. So she could bind your marriage. You see, when he says you are able not to loose on earth, but it's already loosed in heaven, that means there are things in heaven that need to be let into earth for earth to be everything it's made to be. Yeah. Yeah. To make sure Grand Rapids can be everything it's made to be. To make sure your marriage and your life and your single season and your spirit can be everything that it needs to be. There's some things that heaven has to play a role in for it to be all that God dreamed it could be. Right. But what if I told you on the other side of that, you've also been loose to bind. And so there are some things on earth that you will not find in heaven, that if heaven is going to invade this space, there's got to be some Christians that are willing to bind it. Yeah. There's got to be some Christians that are willing to stand in the gap and pray against it. Yeah. There's got to be some Christians that are willing to walk in their authority of Jesus Christ on the cross and say, you know what? I reject that in this city. I reject that in my workplace. I reject that spirit of pride in my husband, Adrian, to me. I reject this to somebody. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if you were in a place where you could recognize from a heavenly vantage point, dude, this person, you just got the biggest root of bitterness, and you stop that midsection, and you say, you know what, you know what, Zach, I bind that root of bitterness right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You stop them dead in their tracks. What's going to happen? Either they're going to submit to that binding, or they're going to continue to dig down that root even deeper, but at least it's going to be acknowledged, at least there's going to be some authority of God, at least he's going to be able to be in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You are loose to buy. Christians, you see, we're all about this. We're like, heaven fall in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Your love. Yeah. You know, that high note? You couldn't even hear it. It was so high. It was so good. You couldn't hear it. Dogs everywhere right now. I just heard that. You didn't hear it. It was so good. It was heavenly. Okay? But we love that part. We love that part. We preach messages called, When Heaven Invades Earth. And we love that. And I think it's great. And it's amazing. And these are all things that we should champion. But how many of you know? How many of you know? It's not all about just loosing heaven. You've got to begin to make room for heaven. Yeah. Yeah. It's not all about just loosing heaven. You've got to begin to make room for heaven. You've got to start binding some things here. God is up there and he's like, dude, keys, keys, keys. You got them. Use them. Walk through the door. Open it up. Loose heaven on earth. But there are some things that happen on earth that will not be found in heaven. And if heaven is going to invade earth, then we need to start binding the things on earth that are not currently found in heaven. There are things that as Christians uniquely battles that are both spiritual and physical that you and I are the only ones equipped to fight. God, why is there just the spirit of this in our city? Why is there just the spirit of division? Because Christians are allowing it to be. 
Why is there so much hate and dysfunction? Because we're not willing to stand in the gap and call out the spirit of darkness. Why is my neighbor home with hospice dying? Because are we bold enough to go across the street and say, I reject the spirit of death that's on your body? I bind that in Jesus' name. It's unacceptable. When I look to heaven, I don't see people dying of stage 4 cancer. So I'm not going to look to my neighbor either and see them die of stage 4 cancer. We're going to bind that in Jesus' name. Father God, we just bind that in Jesus' name. We lift Karen up to you right now. As nice as that hospice lady is who dropped by our house the other day. Hospice is unacceptable. We don't find hospice when we look to heaven. So we bind that in Jesus' mighty name. Fifth Church said, Amen. You are loosed to bind. We approach God and we're like, yeah, you see the thing is, you see the thing is, I was with you, I was so with you, I was like, yep, I had to invade this space, let's, let's let heaven do all the work, God, you are good, you are faithful to a thousand generations, like, like I'm good with that part, like, let's lose heaven, yeah! But what we're unwilling to do so often is bind what is already bound in heaven. Broken marriage doesn't exist in heaven. Right. Adultery doesn't exist in heaven. This whole point of Jesus coming now is so we can experience heaven here and now. It's not so that we can just put up with earth here and now and one day get to heaven where everything's perfect. No, you and I have a mission. So many of us, we fail to recognize this. If you're in here, like beautiful Anna, who's going to walk in the calling of being a mother. Congratulations, Anna. By the way, we love you. You're amazing. (laughs) But you know what Anna's role is in motherhood now? To loose over that child what is already loosed in heaven and bind in that child what is already bound in heaven. Maybe you're in here and you feel like you're called to the art world. Well, congratulations, art world. Do you know what you're called to do? You're called to loose in art what is already loosed in heaven, and you are here to bound in art what is already bound in heaven. Maybe you don't know what your calling is. Maybe you have no idea what purpose you have here on earth, right here and now. Maybe this is totally missed on you. One, I would recommend getting with God. Two, Getting some good Christians around you, like here in church, to your left and to your right, and asking them for Holy Spirit to confirm what you were made to do, get some direction. But while you work that nine to five, while you figure those things out, while you build your brand, while you do those things, congratulations, nine to five. In that nine to five, it may not be your ultimate destination, but while you're there, you are called to loose what is loose in heaven and bind what is bound in heaven. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're like Eric. Maybe you're a soccer coach. Way to go, Cornerstone. We love you. No coaches from Calvin come here, so Cornerstone automatically wins. No coaches from Calvin are a part of our core team, so they, the Calvin doesn't win. Okay. But for Cornerstone, guess what? Eric's role there, he's not just a soccer coach. Over those girls that he coaches, 
He's called to loose heaven over their lives and bind in their lives what's not found in heaven. No, today, we're not going to come in no matter the score on the other team. We're not going to come in no matter the dysfunction in our town. We're not going to come in because COVID's running rampant and we're freaked out. No, we're going to lose a spirit of victory over these girls. And we're going to bind the spirit of defeat, bind the spirit of fear. We're going to bind sickness. And we're going to play the keeps. Amen? Amen. This has got to be, we're just, if you can make a rampart, this has got to be. Our posture as Christians, there is no other way for you to live. There's no other way for you to live and walk in victory. There is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's no way for you to live. There's no other posture for you to keep. There is no other way for you to exist here and now for the kingdom of God. And walk in total and complete freedom here and now. I'm sick of Christians just living for partial truths and partial freedom and partial promises. I'm tired of it tired of because I love you and I'm sick and tired of seeing you be defeated and I'm sick and tired of you allowing yourself to be defeated and I'm sick and tired of having to intercede all the time on your behalf it's a joy to stand with you it really is but trust me you could be enabling so many other people to walk in the fullness and promises of God if you would just take us at our word this morning and more importantly take Jesus at his word this morning when he says I am who heaven says I am. And because of that, I will build your life. And because I build your life, hell can't knock you down. Because I build your life, you can have keys to so much more. Because I build your life, you can loose in your life and those lives around you what is already loose in heaven. Yeah. And then you have the scary call on your life. But it's okay that it's scary because you can just loose heaven's peace yeah. over your fear. You can lose heaven's faith over your fear, but you have got this thing in your life. Where you are loose to bind. God didn't just let you off the leash to bring heaven everywhere you go. He also let you off the leash to take hell out of everywhere you go. Questioning it because it's coming out of a place of inferiority. 
that's coming out of a place of you are detoured by your past. You feel like there's this darkness and a cloud that covers you wherever you go. You actually believe that you were born to lose. You actually believe that because of who your parents were, because of where you come from, because of how you came to be in this world, maybe it was by nefarious means, maybe it was terrible situation, you actually embody it because of who you were or where you come from or what your past looked like, that you are inferior to bind here on earth what is bound in heaven, to loose here on earth what is loose in heaven. And I just want to speak right now to that inferiority complex that is just on a bunch of our shoulders this morning. One, I bind that inferiority complex in Jesus' mighty name. It's not allowed to stay in you. It can't remain in you. It cannot be your default setting anymore. It cannot be where you go back to when you go to a valley. A valley. It cannot remain in this place. Inferiority, I bind you because inferiority isn't found in heaven. Into that empty space where inferiority used to lay. Where inferiority used to lay moments ago, rent free in your head and in your heart. I let loose the kingdom of heaven. I let loose that your Father is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I let loose that you are already seated next to Jesus in heavenly places. I let loose that you are more than a doormat. You are the head, you are not the tail. I let loose this morning. That Jesus is the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and friends. I left loose from heaven into that space that you are those brothers and those sisters. Amen. Would you guys stand? Let's get ready to close it. Father God, that we are called 
to crush the devil's head. We are not called for him to bruise our head. Right now, we just lay claim to what Jesus in the scripture said is available to us. No longer will we, will we be a people that the devil is able to walk all over, but instead we will believe you at your word, God. And we will walk over hell, we will walk over every devil, and we will walk over every evil spirit and person, God, that would try and combat and take down your church. Head in this place. Worship team, if you begin to sing.